year after year in our modern digital culture, it becomes more and more apparent that there are wolves howling at the gates, and that those wolves particularly want to devour your children. There are wolves who want to train your children to believe that light is dark, dark is light, that left is right and right is left. There are wolves who want to sexualize children at younger and younger ages, that want to steal them away and convince them of all sorts of sexual follies and fantasies, to convince them that the LGBTQ plus mob is really their friend, that mom and dad are outmoded and they don't need to listen to them anymore, that they should throw off their parents' uh, counsel and cast their cords away from them and embrace their full autonomy. There are wolves that are not just overt though, but they're actually concealing their designs very cleverly in all sorts of media. Disney Plus was, and Disney was recently in the news in Florida uh, objecting to what is really a very milk toast bill anyway, this you know so-called don't say gay bill in Florida that literally just outlawed teaching about certain sex education topics below, I think, third or sixth grade. Really, we should go much farther than that bill. That bill was like not even close to enough. And yet, even to that, this entire, this huge corporation that makes its money marketing entertainment to children was absolutely livid and losing its mind. So in this day and age where screens are everywhere, where it's expected that your children will be exposed to hours of television and movies and video games and pop culture, it's essential that Christian parents know that those wolves are at the gate and know how to guard against them. In this episode of Bright Hearth, I'm joined by my wife, Lexi. As always, say hi to the people, Lexi. Hello, people. And we are talking about The Living Room, our final episode, Lord willing, in The Living Room. And we're talking about standards in entertainment. And it's important that we, that we uh, you know, have an episode like this because it is important that you have entertainment and recreation in your home, right? Yeah. If you want a good culture, it's going to happen somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, sometimes I think people... You know, they hear when we talk about maybe standards and education or, or not education and entertainment. I've written on Netflix and things like that before, and um, it's, it's tended to be controversial. I think people hear that and they think that we're somehow like against fun, <laughs> <laughs> where we're like, be careful not to have any fun because th- when you have fun, sin is crouching at the door. I know, it's so silly. <laughs> and that's dumb. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying that movie night is, you know, like the devil's playground. We're not saying that you can never watch a YouTube video with your kids before bedtime. We're not saying that you shouldn't occasionally turn on the Bluetooth speaker and have a dance party to some, you know, bump and pop tune (laughs) Or, or something like that. But we are saying that you do need to be very stingy with your... Yeah, that's a good way to put it. With your standards. So approaching this episode, why don't we just um, walk through some of our like practical ways that this is hopefully going to be a very practical episode. Some very practical ways that you can be thinking through standards for entertainment and also not just the negative, but then like we did talk about fun and culture. How can you establish a thick and rich culture Mm -hmm. of entertainment, of fun, of joy in the home and not be stingy with your children but be stingy with the wolves but not stingy 
with your children. So what comes to mind on those fronts, Lexi? The only standard that I can think that you've ever verbally communicated to me, and you might not even remember this, I was sitting on our counter at Grandview, and it was right after Ari was born, and you, you were like, we're not watching these kinds of movies anymore because I'm not okay watching things that I'm not okay with my son watching anymore. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting way to put that. Because up until that point, I had only been thinking in terms of, well, these are adult movies and these are kid movies. Right. <laughs> and and you were kind of like, no, 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 no. It's all going to be kid stuff now. <laughs> yeah, the standard for stuff that we would watch. And I'm, I'm, I'll give some asterisks here for sure. Like this is, but I think it's a good rule of thumb. And rules of thumb are helpful in that they give you like a quick test and then if they don't pass the rule of thumb, but you still think maybe this media could be acceptable, you really have to prove that the rule of thumb doesn't apply, I think is the point. So our rule of thumb really is, if we wouldn't watch it with the kids present, we won't watch it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes like there's somewhat scary stuff that's not naughty to watch that we just don't want our kids watching right. because we don't, we don't want to be up all night with their bad dreams. Yeah. That's kind of different though, but So the two exceptions that that I can think of that we have, you know, even that, that we've made is that if there's a movie or a television show that is portraying an important historical event, for example, mm -hmm. and it's doing yeah. it in a very accurate way, even with things like bad language. Yeah. I would say that there is a category of mature adult who can handle that, where I literally just don't want my little kids to to yeah. learn those words before yeah. they're ready to know how to not use them. Yeah. So there are movies like, um, for example, I could think of, uh, take a documentary about some periods of U.S. history, like, or, mm -hmm. or war, that are... <laughs> In a, in a historically accurate way, portraying those events, the language that GIs in, you know, in the Pacific used, and they're not going to, like, airbrush it, well, there is actually something beneficial of seeing the horror of war and seeing – but I'm not necessarily going to expose my three-year-old to it. So language and violence are kind of the two categories. But even that said, so take, like, Lord of the Rings, which the movies are kind of lame anyway – because they leave out Tom Bombadil and the scouring of the Shire, and they basically ruin the entire denouement of the development of the Hobbits. Do you want to do a quick episode on that? Nope. You don't? Okay. Um, you can get Ben you sure? or someone else. To I actually it. already did that with uh, uh, Hard Men Podcast on the road. <laughs> oh Meetscapades 2022. Uh, Eric and Dan and I recorded basically an entire episode on why The Lord of the Rings is the greatest work of fiction in the Meetscapades 2022. Oh, Meetscapades. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We did basically an episode on why Lord of the Rings is the greatest work of fiction of the 20th century and why the movies were uh, gay. So anyway, that said, after I had read the books aloud to the children, mm. we did watch the movies. I watched the extended versions with them. Even Daphne, and Daphne's like four, and there are orcs in the movies. But there's no sex, no sexy stuff. I think Aragorn and Arwen kiss, and I skipped it. I skipped it. Well, even I, the kids are like, they're not are they married. And I was like, well, they are going to be the last union of the immortal and mortal kin, <laughs> like Baron and Luthien. And anyway, sorry, this is not about Lord of the Rings. But I, I was okay watching that with even Daphne because it was the lines between good and evil were absolutely crystal clear. Mm -hmm. um, the orcs were bad, and you kill the orcs. <laughs> and 
the good guys were good guys, and you wanted them to win, and you wanted them to kill the orcs. So we're okay with certain things like that. Um, I'm also, you know, okay with using like VidAngel, where you can watch some some movies that had like a sprinkling of bad words in them, but we could completely cut them out. And that was, you know, that's been helpful. But even that, we don't watch a ton of those things. But I think it is a good rule of thumb that you should really like make it your standard that even if you and your wife are going or you and your husband are going to watch something yourselves and you go, oh, we wouldn't watch this with the kids present. You need to ask yourself, should we even be watching it? Yeah, no. Like the number of Christians I've heard that watch Game of Thrones. I'm like, you guys, do you know that that's pornography? Do you know that? It's like, <laughs> would you just like turn on OnlyFans with your spouse too? Like, hey, gut, you want to watch some OnlyFans real quick? S- same energy, same energy. <laughs> but even even beyond like Game of Thrones, even beneath that, like we've been so desensitized yeah. by the sexualization of everything that I remember early in our marriage when we were working this stuff out and figuring it out, there were like TV shows that we would watch and all of a sudden people would be like, make it out in them. Eventually it came to a point where we're like, we, our consciences, I think we're, we're becoming more sensitive yeah, in a good way. And we are finally like, why are we watching this? In fully clothed, yeah. like not, not porn, but just like fully, why are we watching this? This is not edifying. This doesn't help us like to watch these random actors make out. Like, why would we be doing that? Why would we be watching something that we would tell our our kid, like, this is totally inappropriate. This is smut. You shouldn't watch this. And your sex life is probably suffering if you're watching it. Just be honest with people. (laughs) Just, just, I'm trying. (laughs) I'm sorry. I was going to say, like, just, you know what? Just turn it off and just have your own fun. No, but really, like, I, I think maybe you brought this. I don't remember someone was talking about, like, it didn't matter if a girl used to be a four or five because... Most often times, her future spouse never saw anybody naked. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't matter. He was going to be absolutely pleased no matter what. Yeah, he but was But when thrilled. you guys have this constant dribble of like... The hottest people in America. Biblical ma- nakedness all the time. It's yeah. like, okay, the wife's going to be insecure. The husband, I, I don't know. Yeah, you just get, you're desensitizing yeah. yourself. Like when, so. you, you, when you live on a constant drip of sex... Like digital sex, even the digital sex that's become totally normative in our culture. Yeah, that's what you're doing. I mean, we have a, a, an entertainment yeah. culture where they're taking the most beautiful, attractive people in the nation, paying them millions of dollars to act like that is normal life. And yeah, all of a sudden, nobody is content. Nobody's yeah. content with just normal human life. It's like unless you can surgically sculpt yourself into a goddess or a god, then you're you're ugly and you're And to be honest, most of the people on the screens have been airbrushed. And airbrushed and CGI'd and <laughs> and also Anyways, they're that's... spending their entire life for their job yeah. training to be physically perfect. So anyway, defense with children. That mm-hmm. I think the biggest rule of thumb that that the defense really does start with that rule of thumb. If you wouldn't watch it with your kids, you shouldn't be watching it. And then it's not in your home at all. Mm-hmm. Then you're never wor- – like, you don't have to worry about it. You're not trying to constantly have these two categories. Yeah. And, again, if you're going to break that rule, you'd better be able to explain to each other why you believe that you should break your rule of thumb, mm-hmm. a war mo- – like, we were soldiers or whatever. 
I don't even know if we were soldiers is appropriate, honestly. I haven't watched it in a long, long time. So that's first first line of defense. Second line of defense that I would say that is an absolute must in this day and age is that screens need to be 100% locked down in your house. Any internet-connected device needs to be absolutely locked down in your house so that children cannot, outside of your knowledge, be privately accessing screens. And I don't care if they're six years old. Yeah, and make it a rule, too. Like, when we have neighborhood kids that are over here, we just tell them, like, no screens in our home. I can't believe how many kids little, have Little phones. kids with phones. It's crazy. We tell them. Like, we will tell them yeah. right to their face. You develop this with your kids' yeah. friends. You will need to leave our property if we see that phone again. Yeah. Yeah. And then we tell our kids, we coach them ahead of time. If you see a phone out, you you leave. Mm -hmm. You tell them, I can't play with you if you have your phone. Yeah. Or D, whatever, internet connected device, any screen that's connected to the internet. Some of the kids are better at that. We have one who's very loyal to that rule. It comes immediately. There was a phone across the street. <laughs> across the street. <laughs> Which, hey. Some of the other ones are like, okay, whatever, you know. But, All right. Yeah. But yeah, no, there, we have one that always tattles. <laughs> because the thing is, like, we love our kids. And so yeah. would I Would I let my kids? It just happens so fast. Okay, like, let's say that there was a playground next door to a pornography shop. Would I let my kids play in that playground unattended? Yeah. No, I would not. Of course not. Because I love them, and every screen that's connected to the internet is connected to an endless supply of sewage. So you need to be stingy about this, and I'm going to just make it a law. Like, I, call me a legalist. I, I don't care. You, sh you need to have your screens locked down. And then when, when your kids get older, and as they begin, you, you, you want to train your children. We're not quite to this stage yet fully. But when we are, we will need to train our children how to maturely handle screens, and internet because they're likely going to need to interact with those things as adults. Part of maturity, judicial maturity, like your children growing up into wise judges, that's in wise kings, wise queens, wise judges. Part of judicial maturity and maturity in the body of Christ is being able to handle the temptations without external restraint. So when they're younger, you're giving them external restraint and walls that is keeping things out that later they are going to have to walk out into their life knowing that they could go and do a million sinful things. But we want them to have developed moral compasses so that they actually don't want to. Mm -hmm. And so that they know, so they know what sex is and what sex is for. They know what words are and what words are for. So they don't want to go out and get involved in pornography, et cetera, et cetera. So screens need to be locked down, defensive measure. For sure. Anything you want to add on that? Not on the defensive that I can think of. Other defensive measures that I would say are important are also like don't don't just think that just because it's not a screen that it's great or that there's no danger. Oh, you mean like books? Books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Books. Library books, books. Yeah. Don't just be like, oh, yeah, my 12-year-old, he's reading whatever. He's reading some Dean Koontz. Dude, I remember Dean Koontz books. It's like a sci-fi author. There's This is a million authors. But you know, reading those books by him as a teenager and just like all of a sudden turning the page and you're like in a full-blown erotica scene. And these are books that are in the library of the high school or the junior high. So you can't just be like, oh, and I'm sure I haven't read Twilight. Do you know anything about Twilight? Is there sexy stuff in there? I don't There's I don't sparkling know. vampires. I don't know. I'm I've so never... proud of us right now. 
Mm, I don't know. I'm so proud of us, <laughs> you guys. We don't even know if Twilight And we live has, in Mormontown, USA. We don't even know. Stephanie Myers. Is it Stephanie Myers? Meyer? Um, She's Mormon. So. She wrote the series, I think. Anyway, just, you know, most of you are aware of that, but you can't just be like, oh, it's not a screen. It's good. No, books can be really terrible, too. So just keep your defenses up. Keep your defenses mm-hmm. up. Another defensive measure is um, talking to your children. Yeah, I was going to say that as we very early started talking to the kids about like fidelity and pornography. I don't I honestly don't remember the name of the books. We have two books though about it that introduce the kids to it. Uh, like what is pornography? So they understand how yeah, to recognize bad pictures. it. It t- kind of talks you through how you might feel if you see pornography and like why that is a trap and how to not basically talking them out of, wanting to go watch it again sort of a thing to go tell mom and dad yeah 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 what is the game plan if you see it um and then we also i mean it's kind of different but we had the one on like um how to protect your body like if somebody else is yeah they're related yeah they are they're totally related they're 100 percent related god made all of me i think is that one yeah i can't remember what maybe the other one is called what is pornography they're both picture books yeah they're picture books yeah, so we, we and we don't read those like every single day to them. No, no. <laughs> the first time I were, read one of them, I just remember. We like, have the one about sex too. Oh, yeah. We have that one also. That's a different one. One of the kids was like, Daddy, is that true? And it was, <laughs> it was the one about sex. It was explaining sex to <laughs> kids when they were old enough to start under, like hearing about it from mom and dad. Uh, and they were like, Daddy, is that true? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> And I was like, I'm glad you think so still, buddy. Um, so talking to your kids is, this is offense and defense, but talking to your kids is so important that you're not like just trying to keep stuff out and then not giving yeah. them a game plan because they're going to, the and world is 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 full of bad stuff. Honestly, I had a friend, she had kids older than me one time. She was like, you talk to your kids about that stuff? How? Like, how did you bring that up in conversation? I'm like, well... One, if you're reading the Proverbs to your kid, even when they're little, this stuff is going to come up. Absolutely. But two, I remember telling her, like, it's as simple as saying the mommy and the daddy bird stuffed animals sleep over here. And the mommy and the daddy tiger sleep over here. And they don't sleep with one another. Like, it, it is so simple. <laughs> yeah. And telling your kids, like, as you're telling them about the phones, why? Yeah. And we don't just tell them, no, like, correct. phones are this mysterious evil. Yeah. Like the like the EMFs are going to get you. Although Lexi, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with you, babe. <laughs> no, it's really EMFs are probably bad people. Just saying. What? We should probably do an episode on that. Hey, stop. EMF. Keep talking. Anyway, Keep okay, talking. I'm sorry. This just got really Alex Jonesy for a second. <laughs> the frogs are gay. Okay. Here's the thing, you guys. No, when you're talking to your kids about the phones, you're not just saying it's mysterious evil. You're telling them, like, no, this is why. Because we don't know their mommies and daddies. We don't know what videos and shows that their mommies and daddies allow them to watch. And we are Christians. Yeah. And so we have standards that might be different from theirs. And because this is what God says our eyes are to Mm -hmm. see and not to see. Yeah. You know, you're telling your kids that there are bad pictures when the pornography discussion, when, when you start reading that book to them or having more mature discussions as they get to be like literally five, six. We've talked to them a lot about addictions too. Mm -hmm. And to the point where like they can see, like they can, it's awkward sometimes because they'll see someone when we're out in public, like smoking or something. And they'll say, Hey, 
is that person addicted? (laughs) (laughs) Or, or I've heard them too, like at the park in different circumstances where they'll be playing with other kids. And and I don't, I don't know why. I mean, there's all sorts of kids that are at the park (laughs) sometimes. Yeah. And different conversation topics come up and I'll hear them saying like, well, that's, that's a bad thing. That's an addiction. Not that they're like watching porn or something at the park, but I'm trying to think of an example specifically um, like I, video games? Well, or? no, I'm thinking of two, like the, the little girl that lives down the hill. Um, her, I think her parents are separated and one of them was an alcoholic is what I I can understand. Yeah. And so I've heard the boys talking to her before about how it's an addiction because she has shared with them why their her parents are not married. And so my boys like, no, well, that's an addiction. Like you don't want your brain to be wired to want to need that. And they can, because we have taught them the why, yeah. they can explain it to other people is what yeah. I'm trying to say. On that front too, I think one of the best ways that you can just naturally work this stuff in is also part of playing offense. So yeah, that's it. one of the traps that I think Christians can tend to fall in as they think about this is just like saying no to certain activities, period. Like for example, video games. Sometimes people go, <laughs> Video games are the devil. Like, you never should play... Only losers play video games ever. That's really not true. It's just simply not true. Like, and here's the thing, guys. I don't play video games. Like, (laughs) I don't... I don't know how. I wouldn't have had five babies with you if you played video games, I'm just saying. I don't even own a video (laughs) game thing. What What is it? Like, what do you play them on? A PlayStation if that is still a thing, I do it not It is own still one. a thing, and this is weird. I called Target today, and there must be a new one coming out because it's like literally the first thing when Target answers the phone is, if you're trying to get the PlayStation, you have to order it online, and you have to do it by pickup. And I was like, they still make that? <laughs> we had a Nintendo 64. We did play Temple of Doom, me yeah. and my brother, and I got the Moonraker laser, and I zapped him. So anyway... It's not true that like you could never play video games. Christians never play video games. That's yeah. not how to think about this. Yeah. The way to think about it is, okay, what category is it in? Well, it's a game. It's a game. It's a recreation. It can be fun. And what you want to teach your kids is self-control, having good standards when it comes to what kind of content in the games they're going to allow. And then the thing is, like, you could have a great bonding time with your sons by having, like, a basketball video game or something that you guys play occasionally and keeping good fences around how much time they are. Mm-hmm. They're not playing it by themselves, but like dad goes and he plays a video game. That's fun. Yeah. Like that can be fun. Do you remember when Ira had his last concussion and the nurse came in and she was like, all right, how much TV do you watch? Is it like four to six hours a day? We were like, what? Four to s- <laughs> what? What did you just say? You know, but people Anyways, can do this sorry. and be like, no, um, no, never watch a movie, never watch a TV show, never do anything like this. That's not, I think, so it, it could be your standard that you don't have television in your home, whatever. We like literally own our a TV now for the first time in like 10 years because we wanted to be able to have a movie night every once in a while where Lexi, it, we weren't sitting in front of like my work laptop. There's too many of us now. Because we can't even do it. A- so mom was just like bouncing a baby, like not participating. So... But we put it in a room where no one can access it yeah. except for when we do this movie night and we all watch like a documentary together or something. And the thing is, then we're doing it together. It's it's fun. It's not a disordered activity then. Yeah. It's something that is properly ordered. It's being put toward a good end, like us growing as a family together, mm-hmm. learning something, just 
having a, a, a restful evening mm-hmm. where it's not enslaving us. No. Because the reality is, it's not just about not watching sex on TV. Yeah. It's about not becoming the people who have to watch six hours of television a day. And something that I have struggled with is when we do larger group hospitalities, and maybe it's with our extended family too, I I have felt really bad that we haven't had television to entertain people with when they oh, come yeah. over. And so that, I mean, as, as the kids have gotten older, I remember one night, this was sometime in the last year, where I went up to feed the baby and then I came back down and I looked over the railing and we had a mixed group of different ages because we do try to invite all ages over. And I think you were playing the piano. Ben was playing chess with the kids. Allie was off talking to some other group of ladies. And I was like, this is this is what entertainment used to be. Yeah, it's impossible if there was a television. Yeah. And so I have thought over the last couple of years, like we, especially after COVID, when when we stopped doing like our weekly trips out to even Salt Lake City to be entertained, right. you know, with the city, I started thinking in terms of like, this is literally why people played so much music is because yeah. this was their form of entertainment. But that takes a long investment in order to have that sort of entertainment in your home. So now our kids are finally getting old enough that this is something we do, you know, when people come over. Yeah, we can, we can introduce it in a healthy way, yeah. teach them how to not be mastered by it is the goal. So they would be wise kings and queens and judges. They can rule and Wait, judge what are you talking about? our children. As they okay. grow up, they can be wise kings and queens and judges and know how to master a technology and not be mastered by it. So it is okay to introduce it and actually say, let's establish a healthy family culture around how we deal with television or how we yeah. deal with something like that. And Yeah, and that's what I mean is I just think like having alternative hobbies that are interesting is what yeah. is a good way to do that. Yeah, because they're like, our kids are always want to play the piano yeah. or do something like that. Run out and play, it's cool ride too, bikes. Most families at the church, all you guys get together and play chess on a regular basis. So that's mm, really mm. cool that a lot of the little boys, when they all get together, they want to get together and play chess. One of them beat me at chess <laughs> at the park. Like last, I'm haunted by it. So it's kind of fun to set up. And part of that is the way we do our men's and women's ministry. They're, they yeah. are all, you know, we do, a, as a church, we do a lot of hobbies together. And so it's really normal for us to, you know, invite over a family and I'll be teaching them to can and you guys will be going off and doing something else. And it's just fun. We don't have to rely on television to entertain us. We're making our own. We're making culture. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that I think people fall into a ditch with that thinking of like a video game is always sin or we can never do this is that you actually teach you're you're teaching people instead of becoming wise judges and kings and queens, you're teaching them to basically deal with any possible temptation by just total avoidance instead of like actually master of the subject, having mastery of the subject. And so in the world that we live in today, in order to actually participate in the economy or participate in a lot of things, our kids are digital natives. They're going to actually have to be able to navigate certain aspects of the digital world. So we don't want to just all of a sudden when they're 18 be like, this is what the internet is. I'm now going to explain it to you. And they'd be like, what's that? You know, no, it's okay that we teach them how to handle these things, but we want them to be introduced in a rich family culture. And honestly, that's the best offense I think that you could give is that you have an interesting family life. Well, and you think about it like with social media, I like my life so much that 
sometimes it is hard to stop and post. Yeah. Because that I know that real life is not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. So. Oh, it's so true. Like, and I think that that for me comes from wordsmithy where Doug Wilson is talking about, like, if you're not living a life worth writing about, you have no business writing, no business. And it's, it's similar with the <laughs> entertainment. Yeah. Thing. I'm, I'm working on this catechism project recently. And because of that, I like, I just haven't posted much on Twitter. I'll, I'll look back over last, last week. I looked back. And I was like, wow, I, I almost posted nothing last. Usually I'm, you know, as I'm doing other projects that are related to words and teaching, a lot of the time I'm curating some of those things onto social media intentionally. But when it was music, it was like that project didn't have anything that I was really going to be overflowing into this social. It wasn't a natural extension of it. And but it was I did I wasn't like oh no I didn't post enough. It was like I was doing something. <laughs> I'm not yeah, worried. Like I, people will be fine without my thoughts for a week. <laughs> like they're I gonna like they're I'm gonna make so it. Flaky on social media sometimes it's okay my favorite thing to do on social media really is just for ben to post quotes from me out of context oh my gosh like today he posted he said quote i think i could beat augustine in a debate brian sovey which i literally said but in the context it made sense anyway we digress so any last thoughts any practical helps or last thoughts before we land the plane on this one living room entertainment standards it's just gonna take a lot of work for mom and dad to kind of create that counterculture of entertainment and you know money and investment and tools for your kids to have on hand and you know yeah be willing to be the center of entertainment because that's what ends up happening is a lot of times parents use it as a babysitter yeah and that's, that's right. not what you can do as a break <laughs> yeah I and mean, i'm not saying like I, I get having a lot of kids and the dead of winter and Every you're nine once months while, pregnant. We, I get it. I understand. They're watching an old Tin Tin cartoon or something. Every once in a I while. I mean, that's when I pull out Victorian Farm. But even, but yeah. even then, yeah, you don't have to watch SpongeBob SquarePants. In fact, dear <laughs> listener, do not go watch Victorian Farm or River Cottage or Tin Tin or Outdoor Boys. Yeah, maybe we can end here. I think that when we say rich family life and real entertainment. We've hinted at it, but to make it explicit, we're talking about things where you're not primarily consuming something. Yeah. You're primarily making something. Yeah. So music, like not just listening to music, but doing the hard work of making musically literate people. Yeah. So they can sing. Like it used to be, like you were saying, go read Jane Austen, read Pride and Prejudice, one of my top five books of all time. When they're at parties, the 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 women would take turns often like doing a performance. <laughs> playing a piano piece for everybody. When I think back to over the last year, most of the people from church that we've invited over, it has literally been, you're coming over here to teach me this and we're going to all eat together. Or yep. you're coming over here because I'm teaching you this and we're all going to eat we're together. We're canning, you know. <laughs> or or, or uh, Ira when he got his lariat and his Mr. Larry Sanders learning came to rope over a and, he was, and he taught him how to use his lariat. And, yep, yep. you know, so, and that's what's, that's, you know, typically we, and it's good. It's good to just hang out and talk together as well. It's not all about productivity, but it is a way that you can make entertainment as Christians. You don't have to rely yeah. on other people to make it for you. Yeah. Art, music, cooking, and eating food together. Like the the pretty much the, the main male-only hangout I do is a night where um, a couple of us drink scotch. 
we like to you know compare tasting notes and learn about different scotches and how they're made and where they come from and what makes them unique and peated and non-peated and we don't get together and like watch movies we talk about some craft that some master artisan made and put 30 years into making this scotch or 20 years into making this scotch and it's the product of a master mm-hmm. or you know you're doing craft night with ladies or you're doing the, the night where they're learning we're doing psalm sing together we're doing amelia's putting together a flower arranging class for the fall for the early fall oh that's awesome local farmer's gonna teach us we're doing um like getting together and there's livestock in the church so people are going over to other someone's house and learning how to shear sheep a soil class yes soil class we're doing um and by the way this is the only men's and women's ministry we do by the way (laughs) yeah we don't do like bible studies for men's and women's we're all reading through the bible together because everybody's reading the bible and we're all doing that this is it (laughs) we're like doing real culture stuff together so you know words books are another thing that you don't just passively you're engaging with them so like reading aloud is a great family culture activity that's true that's a good point i mean literally we haven't really done this so much a few times i've read poems for the family i i need to do it more but i did that more with homeschool stuff and it does and we do it in school but even as a family, like get some Gerard Manley Hopkins poems. And I am read reading them out loud. an amazing poetry book right now. I don't think you know that I'm doing this. It's um, wait, I know which one it is. Do you know what it is? Uh, that doctor, <laughs> C Spot Run, Doctor Seuss. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm trolling her. What? It's, what is it? It's the you know how they have that one book that's like the Bible in a year Bible. No. Okay. Anyways, it's poetry in a year, 365 poems one poem per day oh, but that's it's cool. all by christian poets and oh, it's that's really cool. really really good and with like just like a little excerpt kind of explaining what the poem is about and then like a verse that it is that poem is directly tied to Ooh. i've just been richly like now i know which christian poets throughout history i actually like and why i like them and so Ooh, it's cool good. it's like been the daily really, really poem good. podcast yeah kind of yes but in a and book. i do like the daily poem also, yeah yeah so when you're thinking about entertainment and media, don't just think about thou shalt not is yeah. kind of a oh, big yeah, point we're totally. trying to make. You really need to be thinking about how can we build an enjoyable, rich culture that people don't want to escape from in like continual consuming. Yeah. And and that's almost always going to be doing, creating, getting outside, hiking. I mean, not just artsy or intellectual mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm. getting outside, climbing trees, building something together, bike rides. You know, and we're about to head into summertime. Yeah. And I'm kind of terrified, to be honest, because I always homeschool through summer. But because the kids are in school now, I'm not doing They're that. just going to be off. <laughs> and so there's a lot of them now. <laughs> they whittle. Literally, we got them yeah. whittling knives. But like, I, I am actively, I'm putting together a list. I'm gathering materials. I'm buying new art supplies. Yeah. I'm making a plan for day trips that we're going on. Like, I am determined that we're not going to end up in front of the television when it's 115 degrees out we're just yep. not going to because it's at least the, not every day consuming is what you fall into when you're not prepared yep because yep. consuming is easy it's like that little you know you put the coin in that like whirly thing at the mall and it spins around and it you know it like rides on its edge around and around and it gets faster at the bottom and then it goes in the funnel into the thing you know mm-hmm. Do you yes. know those small things yes like Watching something on television is the hole at the bottom of that funnel, and you are the penny. <laughs> if you just let go of things, like this is a weird metaphor. 
you're going to end up watching. Okay, this is a weird metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) With that, dear listener, we do thank you for uh, listening and joining us for this episode of Bright Hearth. We want to thank all of our patrons at patreon.com slash brighthearth for supporting this show, helping us pay for all the costs that go into making it, including our sound editing, which is done by Ray. We want to thank Ray for helping out each week with this and doing a good job of that. He also mixes the King's Hall podcast with uh, Dan and Eric and I, which we you should check out if you haven't already. But we, we really are thankful for patrons there. If you want to jump on and, and uh, become a patron, we do a special show each week just for patrons. It's up there on Patreon. You can get access to all of them if you join all the back episodes as well as the one today uh, on the release day. And so, and also we send out some fun rewards. We have like a Feed the Patriarchy mug um, for certain tiers of patrons there. And honestly, we just couldn't put in the the resources including the time to make this show without support from the patrons there so thank you and thanks for listening thanks for reviewing this we've 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 been blown away by the i mean over you know hundreds of reviews so far so thank you everybody who's left us a review if you haven't already um leave us a five-star review if if you think it's five stars you know if you don't think it's five stars just don't leave a review you know it's kind of like if you don't have anything nice to say send us an email. (laughs) So thanks for listening in and we'll catch you next time on Bright Hearth.